0: Is the podcast. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maven and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Yes, yes. Ah, uh, what has this show become? I don't know. What I will say, here's some behind the scenes action, as I don't mind doing. Uh, I am and have not recorded an episode in a minute. Also, I cannot remember the last time legitimately, it's gotta be years and probably quite a few of them, uh, that I have been this close to, uh, recording, uh, to dropping an episode, uh, close to recording. So I will tell you that it is March 26, twenty twenty-two. How do I look at my, uh, calendar? Do I got to push this button? Yes. And this episode will drop on March 30th, 2022. Whoo, baby. Cutting it close. That's because, uh, as I mentioned, I haven't recorded in a minute. And also, I'm just kind of, you know, if I don't have an episode, I don't have an episode. That's fine. And I've been doing a lot of sort of my creative focus. Yeah, sure. That's a good as description as any. Uh, Has been more focused on... Uh, long plays, yes. Yeah, so, uh, the Skyrim one is done, obviously. Um, that one, you know, uh, 37 episodes. Uh, you could go over to YouTube and type in uh, Skyrim Librarian Long Play, or go to the Alphabetical DM YouTube channel, either of those will work. Uh, and then I finished the uh, Minecraft one. Which while I was playing Skyrim uh, a couple times, you know, in in the post credits, I mentioned that the next game I was going to do was Minecraft. Uh, I had a lot of fun was, you know, not simple to role play Minecraft by yourself necessarily, uh, just building a home slash library. Uh, but you know, I did it technically. Uh, and and the house came out really cool. I'm pleased with just sort of how the house looked at the end of it. Uh, so, so that was fun. Then I did an interesting one. I did, uh, unpacking. Which again, uh, s- not easy to roleplay, especially as uh, it's ended up having a really cool story of its own. Actually, you know what? That was one of the things I wanted to talk about it. So uh, just talk about it in a bit. Uh, and then lastly, have moved on to Cataclysm: Dark Days Ahead, which uh, recorded the first episode. I'm not super happy with the sound for some reason. Uh, and I have never had this with other games, maybe because, well, there's, there's several possibilities, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but the sound of the game is very loud in the recording. Uh, too loud, you might say. Um, so, you know, that's a little disappointing. I'm debating whether to start again, although I will say that first episode was six hours long it was like five hours and you know 40 minutes or something like that when I was about to like wrap it up and I saw that I'm like yeah let's just go until we hit uh so we hit those six hour mark that'll be a nice first episode uh it was I definitely will say a lot of fun um uh, a lot easier to role play the uh, uh the librarian in that scenario uh so I uh, enjoyed that had, had a good start as well uh, uh, playing Magicalism, uh, uh, the Magicalism mod, and one of the first spells I got was Improved Knock. Uh, knock is a DD spell, and uh, Improved Knock will, I think, basically just open any door that I find, any locked door, I can cast it on that. Ooh, you know what? I don't remember from the spell description in the game. In d d when you use the spell Knock, yeah, it'll open, you know, uh, almost yeah, I guess, uh, almost any locked door. magical locks, you know, uh, uh, some things can give you trouble and, you know, up to the DM discretion, of course. Um, but it also makes a incredibly loud sound that can be heard. I think it's 300 feet away or something like that. Um, and I wonder if the spell knock in cataclysm also makes that sound because as you can imagine, in a zombie apocalypse, you don't want to be making a lot of noise. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I'll have, have to look it out. I did, uh, get the audio sorted. So, uh, whether I do episode one, a, and one B, cause I think i will still drop it because it's a, uh, you know, it's a fun start to a thing. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what else? I guess I should start looking at my show notes such as they are. Uh, Picard season two, maybe we'll save it until it's over. Yeah, I think we'll do that. Although I will say I am enjoying it. Um, the, uh, traveling to the year 2024. That's interesting because you know, it's the year 2022. So there's that. Uh, haven't seen, you know, one sort of smart thing they've done, uh, which makes sense is sometimes when you have things that take place in the quote unquote near future they up the you know the the tech and the sci-fi uh just a little too much and here i haven't seen anything you know out of the ordinary so you know that's something i suppose which sort of makes sense uh but i do want to talk about uh discovery season three star trek discovery season three was it season three season four i mean (laughs) idiots uh yes so pro not my favorite season let me just get that out of the way i think making the 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 sort of big bad let's call it uh, you know your your buffy uh, summers uh, season style big bad a uh you know an anonymous um the space weirdness, uh, uh yeah, I, I don't think it's a good idea it, it, because it doesn't really put a face. I, I suppose you could argue that there's the mystery of how this, uh, 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 uh what do they call it? This anomaly that is uh, going through space and, you know, destroying planets. Uh, why is it happening? Who's doing it? Oh, someone's controlling it? Oh my god. Uh, it, they must be incredibly powerful and in trying to kill us all. You know, the, the mystery around that is interesting. However, it's the facelessness, I feel like, takes the the drama out of it a little bit. Like when you are watching Deep Space Nine and you've got Gul Dukat, one man who's not going to, you know, although I suppose he could destroy a planet, who is, uh, doesn't have the, 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 the power of this space anomaly to even a small degree. He's just a person. Uh, but his sort of impact on others, his uh, uh, emotional resonance, is a, a millionfold compared to this super powerful space anomaly. So I, I don't know, it's just a choice that is meh. Another sort of thing I didn't like is that Tilly, one of my favorite characters, is in this season a lot less, and seemingly maybe she's getting a spinoff. I sort of decided that the only way I will accept her leaving the show is if she's getting her own show. Anything else is unacceptable. Um, I did enjoy the fact that Book and Burnham were sort of put on opposite sides of this situation. I won't go into too many details or try not to spoil too, too much. Um, But uh, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, 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 It's like two... It's like the missus and I who have been uh working together. Uh which I think I mentioned Oh, fuck. Ooh. You ever have like a like just a sharp pain suddenly in uh in like the sole of your foot? Yeah, weird. Um and you have to like rub it or it won't go away? Bizarre. does it mean? Anyways, uh so so picture the missus and I working together and then something happens really really bad and we have to take sides uh and we end up taking opposite sides. Doesn't mean we don't love one another still. Uh but uh you know it, it 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 gets pretty bad in this between the two of them. Uh needless to say when it's you know universe shaping events uh there's gonna be some tension gonna be some tension. We've got a Uh, for a lot of this season, a, oh shit. What do they call a Ryzen, a Ryzen individual, which is interesting. Uh, uh, typically Ryzen's uh, relegated to Ryzen storylines, which uh, is, you know, if you're unfamiliar, the pleasure planet, Uh, uh, but he's from, is he just like a normal, one thing I was trying to figure out, is he just a normal Ryzen or was he like a mirror universe Ryzen? the thing about that is he is, I guess evil is maybe not the right word, but he is somewhat psychopathic. Yeah, maybe, uh, in that he seemingly doesn't care about, uh, his actions and their effects on others a lot of the time. So, you know, also interesting, uh, and then Saru, uh, uh, having a potential, you know, relationship with a, uh, a, a Vulcan uh, ambassador. Enjoyed that as well. Uh, probably rating wise, I mean, uh, for my scale, it's three is enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. I would definitely watch this again when one day, no doubt, I do a rewatch of Star Trek Discovery from the beginning. That will happen one day, as it always seems to with all Star Treks. I will rewatch them. That is a goddamn guarantee. So, uh, for that reason, I'd go three and change, but, uh, definitely of the season so far, I, I think sort of my least favorite, um, there was times where I felt myself excited for the next episode and, you know, really uh, on the edge of my seat waiting for what's going to happen next and then sort of just being a little disappointed and let down with what did happen next uh, i felt like i was in that scenario uh, a few times so they they had really good cliffhangers but then i felt like sometimes the cliffhangers didn't really pay off in the next episode which is a bit of a disappointment all right. Here's an interesting note, uh, on the note of working with, um, the misses, maybe talk about cool tech breakthrough at work, a IE SharePoint document library URL pulling from old version website. Yeah. So, uh, if you're unfamiliar, this is going to get really why anyone would listen to this podcast, I have never understood, but now is really going to get into that, uh, uh, mind frame. So, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Microsoft SharePoint, uh, it's sort of a, a document library, you know, just a, a way to organize data, which is a lot of the jobs I have. That's sort of what they revolve around. Um, and they don't have a way somehow, some way to pull, it's all sort of cloud-based. They don't have a way to pull the URLs from files. So for example, picture, if you will, a document library in the cloud and I've got 30 files. Um, I can open those files. I can look at what's inside. I can uh, 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 one at a time, pull the URLs from them, there's no way to mass pull them. It's ridiculous that that is a th- uh, why, why is that <laughs> anyways? Uh, what I ended up doing is, uh, uh, looking at the source code, uh, of the website and then noticing that there was an older version of SharePoint. So you could sort of uh, revert to the old version. Uh, and when you did that. And looked at the code. It had all the URLs to the files, so uh, uh, hidden within the code. So I had to pull that, brought it over to an Excel, uh, deleted everything I didn't need, which uh, that in itself took a little bit. Um, then had to find a Visual Basic code because it it, it didn't have the links. It had a, a something called HREF which is not the link per se, but it has the link within it. So basically if I click on it, it will open the link. So it has a hyperlink, uh, hidden with it. So I, I needed to find a way, uh, in Excel to pull the hyperlinks from these, which is also apparently not easy. I thought that would be easier than it was, but I had to find a code online, <laughs> a visual basic code to do it. Uh, uh, and then I had that and then I could start loading them. The other dumb thing of this whole situation is, uh, uh QuickBooks, which I'm uh, loading these URLs. So picture this uh, a company has uh, you know QuickBooks which is very not unusual and they want to link uh, the uh, each company within their QuickBooks database they want to link the URL to their SharePoint file into QuickBooks which makes sense. Um but you can't also, you also can't load these links into QuickBooks, which is so ridiculous. Uh, uh, so I, I've, I've been doing it manually one at a time. I, at least I didn't have to pull all of the links manually. If I had to do that, it would take me like a year to finish this project. Uh, so I, I cut my work and d- definitely more than half by being able to sneakily pull these, the reason I'm saying all this is because I think it's one of the the most proud things I've ever done in terms of tech things, because I looked online and I couldn't find a way to do it and just sort of came up with this on my own. Uh, with my, uh, uh, self taught computer knowledge, when I say self taught, I've never really taken much in the way of computer classes. I mean, yeah, in high school we had computer class because computers were new, (laughs) so they they taught us sort of the basics of it. Um, but all my computer knowledge, such as it is, uh, is just things I've picked up along the way, never really sat in a classroom and just learned about computers. So. Uh, I felt smart and I felt proud and, uh, even the IT person at our company, uh, didn't, uh, w- was sort of, I-, I think impressed with this. So, you know, I mention it here because that's what I will do in this segment from time to time. Uh, uh On a totally unrelated note, although related via computer stuff, Pat Oswald voices a goddamn computer AI cat on Picard. <laughs> says my notes. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, he was only in one episode so far. I'm hoping he uh, comes back to other ones. Yes, yes. All right. Moving on to, I'm just opening links to movies and podcasts, and I think that's it. Moving on to movie the first from 1992 Under Siege. Oh, an ex Navy SEAL turned cook is the only person who could stop a group of terrorists when they seize control of a U.S. battleship. Uh, starring none other than uh, um, Asshole. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Starring none other than asshole Steven Seagal. Uh, We got uh, Gary Busey. Good sign of a 90s action movie when you got Gary Busey in there. Tommy Lee Jones. Hmm. Colm Meany. Thank you, Chief O'Brien. That was a delight seeing you in this. Uh, And what is the... Erika Eleniak as Jordan Tate. She looked familiar. Was she actually like a Playboy person? Uh, da, 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 da. She <laughs> she played pretty girl in E.T. played Jordan Tate's uh, Playboy playmate in Under Siege. Veronica Mars okay yeah she's 2019 she's still working as of 2019 anyways i guess oh she's in the blob oh yeah i haven't seen that in years let's open the blob <laughs> why am i just opening random imd b pages a deadly entity from space crashes near a small town and begins consuming everyone in its path panic ensues a shady government scientist tried to contain the horrific creature yeah i want to watch the blob from 1988 i'm gonna you know what uh i'm gonna put the blob i always have a list of movies to like watch and stuff so i just added the blob from 1988. Uh, i bet you i can convince the missus to watch that one as well which uh, i could not do with under siege not that i would try not exactly up her alley um yeah it's a 90s action uh, you know Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Van Damme, 90s action. It was a thing that we had back then. It was a thing. Tommy Lee Jones, great as a bad guy. Um, He's doing it for reasons of revenge, power grab. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Rating-wise, if you haven't seen Under Siege, it is a good one, I would say. I think I'd go like a solid four. Yeah, Uh, and keeping in mind, of course, that Steven Seagal is an asshole. You know, you do have to keep that in mind. Moving on to a television program from um, whatever year this is, 2021? I guess so. Uh, uh, The Mrs. and I, I don't know if I spoke already of Succession Season 1 and 2. I bet you I did uh, maybe when I first watched it. But, uh, when season three came around, uh, because I enjoyed season one and so two so much and didn't watch it with the misses, I sort of, uh, convinced her that she would like it because, you know, I, I I knew she would, uh, 90% of the time. Yeah, that's a good number. 90% of the time I could tell when she will like a thing, uh, and, uh, you know, proved correct in this case. So decided to convince her to watch the first two seasons in order for me to refresh myself for season three. And, uh, glad I did it that way. Very interesting. F- season one, I remembered a lot of season two. I don't know the situation that I watched it under. Like maybe I watched it too much when I was like playing a video game or something like that, as I am wont watch- to do from time to time, but, uh, i I remembered just very few bits and pieces throughout. Like I know I watched it and there's things that I remember happening. And when they happened, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. But uh, I definitely needed a rewatch. A hundred percent glad I did that. Uh, not least of which because man, this family, <sighs> uh, Jesus Christ. The, I, I think, and it was sometime in season three, not to give away too much. But this is just a scene to sort of. Emphasize, you know, what this show, what this family is about. So basically, it's about a super rich family. Yeah, boil it down, that's what it's about. But there's a scene where father and son have been fighting, you know, since day one, basically. And it's reached the point where, you know, son invites father over for dinner to try to hash things out a little bit. You know, uh, 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 dinner is served, and the father. Uh, apparently somehow, some way believes that at the very least, the possibility exists that his son, uh, has put a poison meal in front of him in order to kill him in order for the, uh, let's say unpleasantness between them to be over. Yeah. Okay. So that's fucked up right there. But what does he do about that? Does he just not eat it? Does he get angry and storm out? No, he invites over, his grandson, his son's son says here, boy, uh, uh try this. Uh, 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 I think you'll like it. So he's doing it as a, a test, I suppose, knowing that if his son says no, 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 and sort of freaks out and doesn't let his son taste it, then yes, it was poison uh, and what if it was, is, is he going to poison his own grandson just on the off chance? It, it, it's, yeah, it was of the scenes of the show, I I think, the one that made me realize, Jesus Christ, these people are some of the most fucked up people in television history, I would say. And uh, it's a delight to watch them. It's, you know, it's tense, which is interesting, because uh, when I spoke of, you know, earlier on in the pandemic, uh, how the Mrs. and I just sort of faded away when watching Sopranos, and my theory being that... It was just a little too tense and we needed to uh, watch a little more relaxing stuff. Um, maybe that has dissipated. Maybe as human beings, you know, can sort of become used to anything in time. We have uh, transitioned a little, Hmm, that's an interesting thought. I haven't had till just now succession just as a whole easy five out of five. You know, this is some just of the just some great television could potentially get some six out of fives in there. I think can't wait for season four. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. The the show's insane and I love it. Uh, moving on to uh, succession. We have vampire survivors. This is a Vigi game from 2021 made by just a dude. I think. Yeah published by Luca Galante, also known as punkle. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just like, just a guy made this and, uh, people just went nuts for it. And I can understand why it's got a very fun sort of gameplay loop where, uh, it's a roguelike meaning, uh, you know, you die, um, a lot. You know, purposely, uh, it's part of the game. Um, When you die, you will have accrued some gold, which you can use to buy upgrades for your various characters, meaning next time you play, you'll be a little bit better and you'll get a little bit further along. Uh, Eventually, like myself, uh, we'll have all upgrades. I I shouldn't say all. In my case, I still need to max out, and want to, just to see if I get a a cool achievement or something, uh, max out the curse upgrade now i'm saving that for last because it makes the game a lot harder (laughs) but i have all other upgrades at this point and i think most i don't have all because i know i I haven't beaten death yet which is apparently kind of a, a you almost have to glitch it to beat death uh so basically you're picking uh from a roster of characters Um, Each character starts with a different ability and uh, throughout your gameplay session you will be accruing different abilities and then modifiers to those abilities. Uh, One sort of cool mechanic revolving around that is... So you have weapons, and then you have modifiers to weapons. If you have the right pairing of weapon and modifier, uh, as you level them, they can uh, sort of upgrade into these super powerful versions of them, which is uh, a very, very cool idea of the sort of mixing and matching and, and trying to figure out what works best. Uh, my favorite is uh, garlic and the Penumbra Heart, I think it's called, just because that gives you a a, a, a large area around yourself that causes damage to baddies. Um, meaning that at points in the game, if you work it out right, especially towards the end of your run, you can have it so you basically you're just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and the game is playing itself while you watch uh, you know baddies try to get at you but they can't so they just die when they get near you uh yeah <laughs> done that my favorite way to play this game is to reach the point where i don't have to play the game basically uh the other interesting thing is uh, uh these sessions are maximum half hour uh, a literal sort of countdown uh, uh, or a count up rather to a half hour. Uh, and then, you know, the sort of the session, the level, the, the, whatever is over and, uh, a death comes in and kills you. Uh, however, there's ways apparently to kill it. Uh, I haven't yet done that. Uh, there's, uh, there's things online that'll tell you how to do it. And I've briefly glanced at them, but I haven't sort of fully done it yet. Um, I will, at some point I will, at some point, uh, verifier survivors, I think it'll also maybe fall under that category of, you know, Uh, especially if they add to it, which there's a lot of potential to do so with new weapons and modifiers and levels and and baddies and uh, the type of game that I'll probably just leave installed because it's one of those pick up and play and just have some fun with ones. So I think with all of that said, easy for me to give Vampire Survivors a five out of five, really enjoyed it. And, uh, would recommend it if that sounds interesting. Moving on to Minecraft. Yes. Uh, so mentioned that I built a, uh, home slash library came out really cool. Um, eventually reached the point in my, uh, RP roleplay thing where I decided, uh, uh, you know, sort of behind the scenes, I did the work, but, uh, I gave myself what I termed a magical treasure chest. Uh, so that, uh, I, I could just go there for supplies rather than have to go mine. And because that wasn't really the point of my, my playthrough. It was more of a build than a, uh, uh, uh adventure survival. I forget what they call it. I think survival. Like I didn't want to be mining for ore in order to make f- shit. Uh, like I did a little bit of that just for the RP of it. Uh, but then realizing that that would take my builds many, many, uh, sessions. I decided, uh, you know, enough is enough. I just want to build this thing. Uh, so, uh, overall it was about eight hours. I think it was uh, two episodes. I jammed them together, uh, which man, that took a while. I used Adobe premiere and, uh, it, it just, it chugged, it chugged and, and it did the fucking thing, which every once in a while I've had this happen where Uh, it says it's going to take, you know, four hours to process or whatever. And, uh, you know, you leave and you come back and four hours is completed. And then the video is like corrupted and like, doesn't work. Uh, So that sucked. Uh, I think I got it in the end, uh, Minecraft. Yeah. It's definitely changed a lot. I got it, you know, when it first came out years and years and years ago. And every, you know, two, three years, I'll dust it off and, uh, play it a bit. And, and I do enjoy it. it is the type of game I like, you know, building stuff. Um, but all the new stuff that's been added, this was also the first time I ever played with mods. Uh, so that was fun as well. It it just introduced a lot of different and cool stuff that made me think, yeah, maybe I would like to play this game and sort of explore some of this new stuff. Uh, I'm not going to. Uh, maybe next time I play, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, check that out. Check out my home. Let me know what you think. Uh, it won't be up for many months though. So, you know, there's that, I guess. So with the next game that I'm going to talk about unpacking, uh, uh, I will probably use that unpacking episode as another transitional. I think what I'll do is. My sort of tentative game plan is, so we did Skyrim, uh, which, you know, 37, ep- 37 episodes. And then I did Minecraft, which will be one episode uh, as we sort of transition to Cataclysm dark days ahead, which will be, I don't know how many episodes, but I assume quite a few, and then, uh, we'll do unpacking and that'll sort of transition us to, I think fallout three, I'm pretty sure uh you know that's my sort of tentative game plan so we'll do these like longer ones interspersed with these uh literal trans- uh, literal the smaller sort of transition games is the game plan unpacking is a puzzle video game by the Australian company which beam which beam which beam isn't that a and spell which bolt which bolt <laughs> that bolt. Uh, yeah, so, uh, f- was very popular when it came out sort of famously for its, uh, relaxing and, uh, somewhat cute. Yeah, I would say that cute aesthetic, uh, and I can verify it is both relaxing and cute. Uh, what I was not expecting and was delighted by was the fact that there is a story here, uh, that sort of takes place through the medium of, literally unpacking <laughs> so the gameplay is you know uh, you find yourself in a room or a series of rooms uh, more rooms as the game progresses um with a bunch of boxes, moving boxes that you have to literally open and unpack. Uh, you know, you're going to put your, your underwear in a drawer. You're going to put, you're going to hang your clothes. You're going to put your books on a shelf, which, you know, the, the, librarian role play helped with that part of it at least. Uh, but then we sort of learn, which makes sense. It's a, it could be a very private and, uh, uh, mind opening Sure, a, a, a private and mind opening thing to witness all the items that a person has accrued over their life and sort of look at them one by one as you place them on shelves, of course, you're going to learn something about that person, right? Uh, uh, the accrual of, of, of their goods and, uh, worldly items. Uh, of, of course, if you took all the items that I owned and put them in a pile, and looked at that pile, you would learn things about me there's a, the that sort of goes without saying. so you are learning uh, of this person from nineteen ninety seven to twenty eighteen and their sort of a uh, life and uh, uh, it, it's not really ever done through anything other than these items. like you're not finding notes really. Uh, the closest thing to that is you know maybe you'll find some pictures that you put on the fridge or on your little cork board. Uh, one thing that was interesting is, uh, and, uh, I'm going to spoil the, the story here, I have decided, is uh, you sort of journey through life. You're playing a, a woman who uh, at one point marries a man. And as, uh, as I was unpacking and putting my, my shit in this guy's apartment well, this guy's a bit of an asshole. He didn't really leave me much room. Uh, and I, I sort of didn't like his, uh, and he comment, commented on it a couple of times, I didn't really like his aesthetic, um, especially compared with mine. So he didn't leave me in, uh, much room and, and my shit didn't really go with his, uh, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of mentioning in game as I'm, uh, you know, role-playing this a little bit. Uh, and then eventually we reach a part where we obviously leave this guy, and sort of strike out on our own, and then uh, uh, eventually learn that we move in with someone else who turns out to be a woman. So uh, uh, I find myself uh, not liking the guy and moving into a lesbian relationship. And by the end, I'm you know sort of very happy in this sort of uh, cute home where uh, uh, we we've built our lives together. And uh, it was just so beautiful and heartwarming, and uh, I loved it. Five out of five. Easy 5 out of 5. Um, it's another game. <laughs> just going to compare it to Vampire Survivors. I don't... Okay, I was going to say it's another game that I would leave installed. The only way I would leave installed is if they added more levels. Because once you complete the levels, the desire to replay them is not huge. My only other gripe, and this is one that people have had before of this, so... It's not too, too unusual is you can't put anything anywhere. Uh, so you'll, you'll, you get everything out of boxes and then it'll say, oh, okay. This one item doesn't belong where you've put it, which, you know, there was normally always a logic to it. Um there was a few occasions, one in particular I'm thinking about where there was an item and I legit had no idea and still don't know what it was <laughs> like. It was like this little kind of like, like maybe it was a dice bag. Um, that was the other thing I loved was uh, a lot of, uh, uh this, the, 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 girl that I was, uh, unpacking as was uh, definitely a D and D player. She had like a mini, she had dice, she had character sheets, um uh the i I don't know if it was her or the girl that she ended up with was a cosplayer uh which was also a a delightful match nerds you know i like nerds uh so yeah this thing and it was like purple it was a bag with like a zipper and a strap and it, it was just a very weird looking thing uh with a with an opening that looked like a uh (laughs) garbage disposal opening i like legit i have no idea what it was eventually just through process of elimination i would like carry it to every room and just put it places in the hopes that i was right at some point uh yeah so you know maybe don't do that (laughs) uh but but uh yeah if they did other levels i I guess they can't really do you could either do how this couple progresses in their lives or, uh, just a whole new person, I suppose. <laughs> Anyways, uh, unpacking. Yeah, would recommend, uh, maybe scope YouTube playlists. If you want to add some stuff. No, I don't. We're already, uh, 37 minutes in, so don't need to do that. Moving on to a movie from 2017, Jungle. Oh, A group of friends join a guide for a trek into the Bolivian jungle searching for an Indian village. The Mensu realize the jungle is a difficult place to be based on a true story, apparently starring none other than Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, this was... I I, kind of didn't like it. (laughs) I, I don't really know why. It's... Uh, rating wise, I'm just going to go like a two was tempted a few times to, uh, turn it off. Watch it with the misses. Uh, I feel like she liked it. I don't know if she liked it more than I did, but I also feel like uh, she didn't either. I should have got her rating. Sometimes I remember to get a rating. Sometimes I don't, I don't know. There was just something about it that was kind of boring. Um, I think it was maybe too much of a slow build, like the getting these uh, dudes f- into the jungle was, I feel like an hour into this two hour long movie, um, which is, you know, not ideal. Mm, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe was fine. He did a, a interesting accent <laughs> cause he's playing Yossi Ginsburg Uh, I don't really know what that accent was necessarily. Um, I don't know. I I don't really have a lot to say about jungle. Sorry to say. Uh, Yeah. Moving on to dead eyes. Oh, with Tom Hanks. Yowza. Uh, actor, comedian, Connor Ratcliffe embarks upon a quest to solve a very stupid mystery that has haunted him for two decades why tom hanks fired him from a small role in the 2001 hbo miniseries band of brothers band of brothers amazing uh, uh miniseries did i watch that oh, let's see band I'm gonna, i should put it in quotes band of brothers i feel like maybe i rewatched it on the podcast uh, no, I did, did not should rewatch that. I bet you maybe that's one I could talk the misses into as well. Uh, band of brothers, probably five out of five, uh, dead eyes is a podcast that I have, you know, checked in to from time to time. However, when I learned that somehow some way tom hanks had heard of it which i suppose is not uh uh, you know too mind-boggling uh and decided that he wanted to be a guest by golly i knew that that was an episode i and i presume millions of others had to listen to and it was a delight now this is not a podcast, it's not a sort of a, a gotcha, like, uh, Tom Hanks is a, is a not nice man. It's just a, you know, a podcast in its truest form of people sitting around and talking and not being mean to one another. <laughs> I mean, that's not a, that's not a under, that's an underlying thing. It's, it's not a focus, but, uh, it is there and that's important. It is important. Uh, And not surprisingly, I mean, come on, it's Tom Hanks. Um, By the end of this, you know, you get the impression that these two, I don't want to say they're going to be friends, but at the very least they are friendly. And uh, it, it was delight to hear how disarming and delightful and DiGiorno these two were uh it just sort of warmed the cockles to hear what could be a contentious uh a, a meeting turn into one of just people trying to uh you know get through this thing we call life what am i talking about i don't know but uh i'd recommend checking out dead eyes in general hell you could start with this episode and then sort of go back And, uh, uh, figure out actually, they say at the beginning of this episode, someone's, uh, some other episodes that they potentially recommend, uh, to sort of figure out the podcast such as it is. So, you know, do that. Why don't you, uh, last but not least is speaking of podcasting, stop podcasting yourself. Uh, one of the OGs, uh, you know, let's just see, stop podcasting yourself. I've been doing it longer than me. I even I think uh, I probably have to go to the Wikipedia to just Wikipedia, not the Wikipedia. Uh, 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 it's two thousand eight. Okay, yeah, they got me beat. So, yeah, that's like one of the first March March two thousand eight. So I started in twenty twelve. So so there I guess. Uh, a Canadian, uh, of course, with host Graham Clark and Dave Schumke, and they had on, I believe fellow Canadian. Yes, John Dore Canadian. They had on, I'm going to Google to see if he is Canadian. Ricky, this is a nice thing about, uh, you know, I could just type things out if I want. Yep. Canadian born. They had on fellow Canadian comedian. (laughs) A lot of Canadian comedian talking, uh, uh, last couple of episodes, uh, 46, hmm. he's 46 years old. John Doer John Doer uh, definitely falls into the category of, uh, just funny bones. I feel like Uh, I don't know if he's got that uh, uh, could-read-a-phone-book-and-make-it-interesting level of funny, but he's goddamn pretty close to that, I think. Uh, The John Torres show was incredible. Him on this was incredible. He just has a very dry he's he's got a very sort of dry quintessential canadian uh, uh, sense of humor i feel like uh which is uh, i've sort of pondered this before a combination of british sense of humor and american sense of humor not too surprisingly uh i, I think can kind of sort of kind of sort of encapsulate what a canadian sense of humor is and why i do believe just sort of as a general rule uh canadians are funny uh it, it, it's you know we, we we take the best of both of those the dryness of uh the british and the whatever the hell of the american uh and sort of uh, jam it together and make it our own i do believe i do believe that is the case so uh the, the, the fact that he was a guest on this uh, incredibly long running a podcast was just a delight and i mention it here because that's what i do on this thing for some reason folks we did it uh I will say so this is episode 607 that I'm recording days before it has to drop episode 608 might not very well might not be uh, a a week later as it's you know traditionally would be but in this post episode 600 world anything is possible and this is something that I foresaw it was foretold Uh, that this might be the case that, you know, if I have an episode, I have one. If I don't have one, I don't have one. Hey, what you gonna do? What you gonna do about it? Uh, I guess that leaves the final thing to say, which is all... the final thing to say... (laughs) Fuck. It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was the...